Hello and welcome to a new episode of Quality Sense Podcast, where you can learn about software testing by listening to interviews with thought leaders from all around the world. This is our second episode in this fourth season, and I am very sure that if you work with mobile applications, you will get very useful information here today. Believe me when I say that I know how hard it is to be up to date with all the changes in this space, it's very, very dynamic. In today's episode, I will share an interview I did with Eran Kinsbrunner, Chief DevOps Evangelist for Perfecto and Blazemeter under Perforce. He has more than 20 years of experience working in software development and at least 10 years working mainly with mobile applications, testing, automation and performance. He has already published four books about software testing and DevOps, and the most recent title is A Front-End Web Developer's Guide to Testing. You will find the links to his books in the notes, so check them out. In our conversation, we talked about mobile testing, what's special about it, how to improve the development cycle in mobile applications, how is 5G going to affect our testing, and also how simulators and emulators have evolved to support our testing, and much more. Get comfortable and stay tuned. This episode has tremendous value to understand the future of modern applications. Please enjoy. I'd like to thank my team, Abstracta, for sponsoring and helping me to create this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your products and processes to the next level. Run. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you here in the show. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm good, Federico. Thank you for having me. So I'm also really excited that we are going to meet in person in a couple of weeks in, uh, in a conference. I, this is something that I really miss, you know, going to conferences, meeting people. And because it's great that with the online and virtual conferences, we have the chance to participate in conferences all over the world. But there are some things that are not the same, right? Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, the human touch after two, actually even more than two years of pandemic, uh, having face-to-face engagements and actually getting more feedback live from practitioners, because a lot of things have changed in my mind uh, during the pandemic. A lot of realization happened, uh, especially, you know, in the remote testing abilities, software testing and development. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you actually and the entire team uh, in a couple of weeks in, uh, at, the, at the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to start the conversation, uh, I would like to, to know more. I'm curious about learning about your experience in software testing, how you started in software testing, and maybe take the opportunity to introduce yourself to the audience. Of course. Thank you, uh, Federico. So uh, my name is, as you mentioned, uh, Eran Kinsmuner. Today I'm a chief DevOps evangelist for Perfecto and Blazemeter under Perforce. I've been in this space for nearly 22 years now, uh, so uh, quite a lot of time. And, uh, and I studied uh, software programming, software development, and uh, mathematics. And that was my uh, you know, uh, degree back then, late uh, 1999. 
uh, well, it's a lot of time. And then, uh, you know, I started working for a, a hardware software company um, that uh, I was a developer in the beginning. But uh, as part of the development, I was doing also a lot of validation, uh, software, hardware testing validations and stuff like that. As it, again, as, as I was developing and I started uh, finding this uh, seek for bugs, seeking for uh, code violations and stuff more exciting and more interesting uh, for me. And that's when I decided to move to a company, a small one called Sun Microsystems. Uh, after, after a while, it got acquired by uh, Oracle. Uh, and I was like uh, living and breathing Java, Java for mobile for almost uh, seven years. So, uh, and over there, I built tools for uh, debugging and testing mobile applications. I actually registered many patents uh, during my work with Sun Microsystems, managing remote testing teams. So uh, it was a lot of fun. And since then, I was, uh, you know, moving all in on software testing. Uh, again, software testing means not just uh, automation and code, but also exploratory in all types of testing. But uh, I understand that this was my world. And uh, since then, of course, uh, now we are in 2022, I've done many, many things. I worked in many companies, Texas Instruments and General Electric and others, and even wrote uh, a few books. We'll touch on them maybe later on in our conversation. But uh, that's actually part of my journey to where we are today. That's impressive. And I understand that in the last years, you, you were focusing more on the mobile side, on the mobile applications, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I've joined uh, Perfecto nearly 10 years ago. Uh, and Perfecto back then uh, just started talking about cloud for mobile devices and how you can build and test mobile applications. Uh, back then, it was mostly Android and then iOS. Uh, it became even more dominant. Um, and uh, I obviously loved, I used to work on mobile in the J2ME world with, with Sun Microsystems, but uh, obviously it all changed with Android and iOS. And Perfecto, in my mind, back then, were the leaders in uh, building cloud uh, computing for mobile uh, devices and mobile applications. Back then, it was kind of, uh, it seems weird. Why would someone need these kind of things? But obviously, as Android evolved and iOS evolved, we're now flooded with so many smartphones and tablets and permutations of these things and even more unique applications like Flutter and Progressive Web, which are running on web and mobile. So um, I, I dived uh, deeper and deeper into these mobile technologies and uh, hopefully became an expert. So I, 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 I'm trying to know and understand what I'm talking about when you talk about mobile testing because it constantly changes. It con constantly changes. And maybe, Federico, with your permission, I will just say, say one example, okay? Yeah, please because, go ahead. Because people would say, okay, so mobile. Mobile is stable, right? You're, it's not like five years ago or six years ago when you were developing a, an application and it crashed. Uh, well, I tend to disagree because uh, as uh, testing practices and development practices evolved, mobile technologies evolved. Now we are dependent on multiple uh, complex networks, IoT, uh, connected cars, uh, these kind of things, foldable smartphones, secure screens. Today with iOS 15, I don't know if you ran into this uh, challenge, but iOS 15 
comes with secure screen. So if you have a sensitive application, banking application, which uh, you know you need to test, I'm talking mostly from a testing perspective, it kind of blanks your screen, so you cannot really see the login screen. You need to do things like uh, uh, orchestration, instrumentation, and stuff like that to really get access to these uh, secure screens. Same goes with Android. So things are evolving and changing, even though you know mobile is no longer a new thing. So it's a, a constant, uh, constant evolution. And there are new problems appearing with that evolution, right? It's like we are not only solving the old problems, but we are creating new ones. And maybe with your experience, um, can you tell me what are the most common challenges nowadays with with nowadays with the mobile in the mobile testing space? Because uh, I, I, I face this question. Uh, frequently, which is special about mobile testing, you know? Yeah. So uh, there are many, many challenges, uh, which, by the way, are very constant and uh, never going away. One of them is coverage. Okay. How can I make sure as an application developer that my application will get installed and run and function? We are also performance engineer experts. So how we will, uh, from a user experience perspective and also a functionality perspective, how it's going to work and run across my end user devices, okay? I work with customers uh, in the healthcare area. These guys serve uh, very elderly uh, users, which needs the applications for, uh, you know, working with their doctors and the, the physicians. They're using all their devices. They're not keeping up. They're not updating all the, uh, the operating systems. I am young, in, young at heart, at least. So whenever a new iOS version comes up, I'm upgrading it like any other young, yeah. young, young guys. Same goes with Android. These uh, uh, demographics actually keeps all the smartphones, bigger screen, but all their operating systems. So that's the coverage challenge. That's one. Mm -hmm. So from a development perspective, he shouldn't care who is the end user. Obviously, he should care, but he needs to make sure that regardless of the end user, the application works, gets installed, performs. And oh, by the way, accessibility is becoming critical requirement and mandatory requirement. So how do I make sure that I have the accessibility support per each element on my mobile application? Accessibility IDs, you know, screen readers that can really read everything that I have within my application. It's not just fines that you are going to get if your application isn't accessible, but it's your end user experience here that counts as well. So coverage, accessibility, performance. Let's talk, let's talk a bit about performance. So with regards to mobile uh, devices, mobile uh, users today are always in the move. What do I mean by in the move? They are transitioning from Wi-Fi to 4G to 5G to LTE, degraded networks, moving from one building to the next, connecting the device to a, a car uh, with you know, Apple Auto and Android, uh, Android car services. How do you make sure that you know, these transitions are not impacting the end user experience? They are not no disconnections. I can tell you, I face a lot of disconnections and I need to kill many times the application when I'm moving from one network to the next because the session is kind of stuck and you know, I, I, I suffer from uh, you know, degradation in user experience in performance of the networks. Uh, yeah, so and, you're, and you're a special user because you have a technical background. Yeah. I don't know what happens with people that are not, that they don't have the knowledge of what's happening and how can I solve this situation where I feel stuck 
and it's not working, it's not solving the, the, the problem I have. So mm -hmm. I understand the frustration for so many users and how we are responsible for avoiding that type of frustrations. De definitely. And, uh, you know, you want, we can take it even to the next level. Regardless of the age, today your smartphone or tablet is your banking application, right? No one is going uh, any longer to his banking, uh, you know, the, no one goes to the office uh, or the bank, uh, maybe just for an ATM if you want to withdraw some cash. And by the way, you don't need to do it as well. You can do it also from your mobile uh, and you just go to pick it up from an ATM. You don't need the user, you don't need the user interaction. So when you are dependent, you are counting on your smartphone as being, you know, your life, including the healthcare applications, the connected car, and then the financial, like insurance, uh, like uh, Geico and other applications. I'm, I'm a Geico user. I'm not promoting them. But, you know, if I, uh, God forbid, have an accident, I'm uh, in the middle of the street. Geico is my application. If it doesn't work on my smartphone or it, it doesn't connect to the network and I cannot submit my claim or send my picture over, uh, you know, the Internet, I, I'm stuck, okay? If I cannot deposit my check with my mobile uh, device, I need to find an open branch that I need to go to and there are not that many open branches because everyone kind of shifted to mobile. So there is a lot uh, at stake now because mobile has become so, so much, you know, uh, an in integral part of our lives. So um, this Absolutely. is, by the way, it's good, but also that's part of the challenge in my mind. Yeah. Uh, and maybe last challenge uh, which not many people are talking about and they should and that's security okay we talked about functionality we talked about accessibility we talked about coverage we talked about performance and we talked about the different use cases right uh, the car the bank the, the healthcare but let's just talk one moment about security mobile by definition has the security layer of the operating system but we are all traveling and we are moving from one Wi-Fi in the airport. Now we are back to traveling. So uh, different, different networks uh, comes with different security uh, constraints, okay, for good and bad. And I think that security becomes today uh, another uh, key pillar in our testing. And over the past few years, security was, in my mind, a nice to have. People didn't pay too much attention to security, but as all these uh, branches of, uh, you know, service providers are getting closed in favor of mobile services. Security now holds a huge chunk of everything that we have. You know, all of my life, all of my passwords, you know, for my banks, I don't want to say it maybe, uh, it's recorded, sorry. Yeah, everything is uh, on our mobile device today. Security, uh, the wallet, you pay with your smartphone. So security needs to also be shifted towards the development stages with static analysis, dynamic code analysis, scanning, obfuscation of sensitive data. So uh, you can be you know, on top of everything as an application developer. Yeah, I, I'm thinking of the, the many situations that we face now with the working from home or working from wherever you are. There is sensitive information in my, in my computer, in my phone, and in so many cases I, go and work from a coffee shop or, or someplace where I don't know how the Wi-Fi is configured. So, so I, I rely on not only in the, in the connectivity and, and the, this layer of security, but on the security that the applications offer and, and manage, right? 
So and yeah. and 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 the thing uh, which needs to bother us as users, uh, not just as developers and testers, is that many of the mobile applications today are based on open source libraries and APIs, which sometimes the application developers isn't uh, you know doesn't know much about it. It's just kind of a, a library that he's using, is dependent on uh, even mobile banking APIs. These are kind of given things that are part of a mobile application that are doing all the authentication process and everything like that. So yeah. uh, I think that the application developers need to be on top of not just their own code, but also uh, try to scan, uh, like what we call uh, software composition analysis. They need to scan also the underlying open source libraries that are being used by their uh, application and they can do it by uh, monitoring how files and other synthetic testing that they can do inside uh, their labs. And by the way, uh, coming from, you know, not just Perfecto, but also BlazeMeter, what we have heard from many of our customers, and this is what we have released recently, what we call test data management, okay? This is another uh, enabler to these kind of challenges. If you are able to test at such high scale uh, by uh, in inserting into your testing pipeline any types of user profiles, hundreds of combinations, username, password, emails, locations, uh, dates, illegal, negative, positive, uh, you know, out of boundaries uh, data, you know, you are not solving everything, but you are mitigating some of your risks in testing by applying test data at scale within your software testing cycle. So that's something that I've seen, uh, you know, just been uh, at a conference in Chicago with a lot of financial institutions. They're definitely looking at test data as one of the, uh, because they cannot do testing in production of such sensitive information, and they are relying on test data, on synthetic test data that can help them uh, mitigate and maybe mimic some of the production activities. Yeah, absolutely. This is a typical challenge in any type of application, right? Yeah. So there is something particular to mobile development that I, I've seen that uh, there are different tools or different approaches in order to improve the, the, the life cycle, I would say, uh, because it's different when, when you are developing a web application, you can get feedback constantly. You can make changes and send them to production like in seconds, but it's not the same with mobile applications. It takes the, the life cycle is the the times are, are longer. So, is there something that we can do in order to improve that situation to mitigate the risk involved with that? Uh, there are a few things which I uh, actually I, I've seen uh, transformed over the past uh, few years. I'm not talking about decades. I'm talking about two three years. Uh, so uh, many practitioners today are uh, I'm talking about developers and test engineers are uh, mixing between. Uh, virtual devices like emulators and simulators and real devices. Emulate, emulators and uh, simulators are baked into the IDEs, the Xcode for iOS, the Android Studio for Google Android applications. Uh, and by getting access to these virtual platforms, they not, cannot, uh, sorry, they can scale their testing, but they can also bring uh, left the feedback that you are talking about. They can as they are writing their code, as they are fixing a bug, you know, code is also fixing bugs, you know, they can easily get the feedback, maybe not the maximum feedback, but uh, a certain level of feedback from virtual platforms without, you know, building full-blown environments and devices, which to your point, yes, takes more time. 
performance time, environment setup time, maintenance time. So this is one thing that I've seen. Uh, mixing of virtual devices earlier in the cycle and then following up with real devices, smartphones and tablets uh, later on, you know, in the beta stage, in the integration uh, testing uh, stage, etc. A second thing that I'm seeing is the uh, dividing of test technologies or test frameworks between software engineers, software test engineers and developers. I see developers using more uh, the native frameworks, like they're using, as I mentioned, virtual devices, they're using the native frameworks, XCUI test for iOS and Espresso for Android. These are very fast, uh, uh, white, white to gray box, but it's mostly white box testing, which obviously gets them access from the code with uh, breakpoints and whatever they can do to get feedback. So Espresso and XCUI test used by developers is another way of accelerating feedback and mitigating the challenge that you mentioned. The software test engineers, on the other end, are using Appium. And Appium is the black box test framework because that's, you know, you get a binary uh, compiled IPA or APK on a mobile phone, and they just do a functional end-to-end testing at scale on real uh, devices, but that's on the Appium front. So as I mentioned, this balance, uh, it's, it's one answer to your question, actually. It's one uh, new uh, order in the world of mobile which is XUI test espresso on the mobile testing frameworks used by developers together with virtual devices and Appium with real devices used by SDETs, one complementing the other to accelerate feedback, to uh, you know, uh, extend the scale of testing and coverage and uh, hopefully release a better application uh, to production. Of course. So it's mainly thinking of different ways to design the feedback loops and getting information in order to improve the application, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Quality Sense Podcast, where you will have the chance to improve your sense for quality by listening to some leaders who are amazing at what they do in the software industry. You mentioned something that made me think of another question I had related to simulators and emulators. I remember when everything started with mobile, I don't know, 10 years ago? Not much more than that, right? It posted um, 10 years ago uh, uh, significantly, yes. Yeah, so I remember that there was a, a, a gap between testing in an emulator, testing in a simulator, than testing in a real device. Right. How how is it nowadays? Is it uh, uh, did the tools evolve? Can we trust more on emulators and simulators? How what's your perspective on that? That's a great question, Federico. I totally agree with you. A few years ago, uh, virtual devices, emulators, and simulators weren't that sophisticated. They were limited by capabilities. Hence you are doing testing on something which you needed to redo uh, on, a, on a real device because the capabilities. Nowadays, with Apple and Google taking it seriously, you have a very robust set of capabilities. Again, it's, I would say, up to 60 to 70% of your use cases you can do today on a virtual device by developers within their IDE. They can do it also, by the way, uh, without doing too much marketing. Uh, Perfecto hosts these virtual devices when you do want to scale and get the feedback uh, at scale on virtual devices, you can do it also in the cloud. 
But uh, since Android 11, we are now already in Android 12, Android 11 came with a foldable uh, smartphone uh, simulator, or sorry, emulator for Android. Uh, it was a co collaboration between Google and Samsung. And now you can actually do development and testing on a foldable uh, emulator within the Android Studio. So that's how much uh, this system uh, evolved. So yeah, it doesn't run on your uh, capabilities of a smartphone. It utilizes your desktop, your Mac or your Windows uh, OS, which is smarter and much stronger. So it's not real user conditions, but for development purposes, for end-to-end uh, -end test cases uh, done by mostly developers, these platforms have significantly evolved uh, authentication, biometrics, location, uh, even some visual testing can be done uh, on these platforms and they are trustworthy. That, that's amazing. And, and then, of course, we need to complement that with uh, using a, a real device because you cannot test the user experience on an emulator, right? Because you, are, you have a different interface. You don't use your fingers. You use the mouse or the touchpad. Or... And, and it's not even the same uh, hardware, right? You're, you are yeah. using a different chipset on a smartphone and you're using a, your own Intel processor or whatever, Apple processor on your uh, PC, which is always charged, connected to the internet. You want to check a uh, different network like 5G. Uh, you want to check SIM cards. You want to use the Google Play and the App Store in some virtual devices. You don't have access to the virtual, sorry, to the stores. So uh, it's a different environment. This is why virtual devices have evolved up until a certain point and they are trustworthy, but you cannot complete your entire cycle just relying on these devices, you need to complement them to your point uh, with real devices. I would say starting, you know, the integration testing after the developers have done the, their build, accept, the, the BAT, right? The build acceptance testing within the, the CI, Jenkins, you can do in parallel, run some regression end-to-end -end testing on real devices. Amazing. And you mentioned something Again, now that uh, it's another topic I, I wanted to, to uh, ask you about, what about 5, 5G? Is something that we should take into account in our testing strategy? Is it affecting um, how the applications behave or how we should test our applications? Totally, totally. I think that uh, the network, you, we mentioned earlier, you know, that the virtual devices have evolved significantly. The network, uh, in, led by the network providers, you know, the telcos, the operators have evolved significantly and they are allowing us to not just get more services with a faster, uh, you know, cadence. You can download it at scale. You can do a full, you know, uh, set of video calls and, uh, you know, GPS navigations. It's so, uh, you know, uh, extensive speed that you didn't used to have in the past. But 5G is not just about speed and, uh, you know, user experience that you get on the mobile phone. It's an, a new layer of uh, use cases, like smart cities, connected cities, right? When, uh, you're using, when you're on a 5G and the network is uh, kind of uh, relying also on 5G when you are driving in, in the cities, in New York, I, I live in Boston, obviously it's full uh, with uh, 5G. You see all the commercials, T-Mobile, Verizon, and all the other big telcos, they are... Uh, putting network of 5G connectors throughout the cities uh, as infrastructure for smarter technologies. So the cars, your smartphones are all connected, they were, if you like, 
uh, which means when you are driving through specific tunnels, you are driving through uh, a specific junction, the network kind of maybe follows you, good or bad, uh, knows where you are, but it can also offer you more services, okay? So this is where, you know, 5G, it's not just about my smartphone, it's also about everything that is connected to my uh, smartphone, my network. And by the way, when I'm in the car, I don't use my smartphone. The car is my smartphone, right? You have the set-top box in your car, and that's your smartphone. So there, there you go. Everything that you have on your smartphone is being mirrored into your car, and it needs to work, right? Because you're getting notifications, messages, calls, location-related stuff based on where you are driving, okay? So that's everything is connected. That's, that's why I'm saying the user journey is now more dependent on network providers, on 5G that supports you wherever you are, in the car, outside of the car, in a coffee shop, in the middle of the street, etc. I I can I, I can help it but thinking of uh, this idea that in the future we will not need testers and actually we are the technology is every day more and more complex and I think of more and more testing scenarios and and you are describing just a, a bunch of a few of them right mm -hmm. so it's testing is getting uh, more challenging and we have to consider more situations more uh, different possibilities and, and interoperability between different components. And wow, it's getting crazy. <laughs> I, I think that your, your keyword here is interoperability and complexity. And by the way, I've, uh, I'm speaking at so many conferences and people are, uh, you know, testers, practitioners are always concerned about the future of testing. Would, uh, because there is AI and machine learning, would yeah. someone need me as a tester in five years? To your point, exactly, not that they will need you, they will need even more of you because the stakes are so high, the complexities are so, uh, you know, becoming so great, uh, which you need to think outside of the box because everything can happen because you are dependent on so many different things, uh, connected yeah. everything, right? So uh, testing is not going anywhere. It's just becoming more and more smart. More, more challenging, more entertaining, I would say. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, um, thinking of the modern R apps or the new trends that you see in the market, or even thinking of NFTs, blockchain, these type of things, do you see um, something emerging on the mobile um, field that we should be aware as testers? Uh, and be preparing ourselves to be better testers for that new situation in the future? Uh, I see something which is very clear uh, specifically to mobile, and I think that's the modern uh, digital applications. If up until quite recently, you had three types of applications. You had web, mobile web, and native, right? Or hybrid, right? So meaning you go to the Google Play, you go to the App Store, you install an application, Uh, and it's native application installed on your device. Or you went to a CNN.com from your Safari on your iPhone or uh, Chrome from your Android device, and you get uh, a hybrid or responsive web application working on your smartphone. This is all news. What I see today is the emerging of technologies like Apple introducing Apple App Clips, progressive web applications, Flutter applications, right? We used to talk about React Native, 
it's also kind of uh, becoming old because Google is now pushing Flutter. Flutter is a single code base written in a language no one knows. It's Dart, right? Dart is almost like Java, but it's still, it's a new language, okay? And the beauty of Dart or Flutter is that you build an application in this language and clicking the compile button can deploy it to Linux, Mac, Windows, iOS, Android, Google Fuchsia, six platforms with a single code base. So, and that's mobile, of course. Apple App Clips. Apple App Clips, if you are a gamer and you go to a, a, a web application on your Safari, on your iPhone, you can download and play a game without even installing the native application. You play one level, two levels. If you like it, yes, you go, uh, you can click on, with, within the web, you click on this link and you download and continue to level three, okay? So it's kind of a semi-type of uh, web application driving you towards native. So uh, to your question, Federico, a total change that I'm seeing in uh, from a training perspective is in the type of applications that we can, as users, consume, again, led by PWA, progressive web applications, Flutter, uh, and uh, this kind of app clips. So I think that... Um, many, many more consolidations is going to happen uh, more towards a single code base rather than separation of user experience and different code bases. Uh, Eran, I think this, is, this conversation is being very, very useful for me in order to catch up, you know, with all what's happening in the mobile uh, field, uh, because it's not something static. It's something very dynamic. It's changing and evolving all the time. So thank you for so much for sharing all your experience with us. Uh, I have a few questions to wrap up the interview. One is uh, if you have to recommend a book, um, which one would you like to mention? And yes, you are allowed to uh, mention your books because I know you have so many uh, already published. So thank you. Yeah, I, I have written four books uh, that cover, you know, from the digital quality handbook that covers, you know, things as, uh, you know, the basic of mobile technologies and web technologies. And it was followed by a continuous testing for DevOps professional. And this is, you know, how you shift left, how you do mobile and web application development and testing in an agile reality. I then developed a book. Uh, by the way, most of my books were developed with industry leaders. It's not just my brain. It's a lot of uh, efforts coming from the community for the community. So the, the third book that I wrote was about AI machine learning in software development and agile. So many use cases. Some of them were actually mentioned uh, without even knowing about them uh, during this conversation. And the last book that was released, you know, just a, a week or two before uh, this conversation is about front-end web application development testing. And this is featuring Cypress and Playwright and Puppeteer and Selenium and cordless tools for uh, the front-end developers, making sure that all these modern web applications that we have talked about, progressive web, responsive web, and Flutter uh, can be well-tested. So these are books that I've written and we can provide the links to the audience uh, afterwards if they're interested. I also recently read uh, a book about a joint friend of ours, a senior performer, uh, performance uh, guide. I totally recommend his book. A lot of insights. Uh, I actually recommended this book a few weeks ago, also on LinkedIn, because I really loved it. 
so that's another great book. And lastly, I've read also uh, quite recently the book, I think everyone knows about Accelerate. That's the name of the book. Uh, it's, uh, it's really good uh, to understand, you know, not just about DevOps and how software development can be accelerated, but a lot of metrics, a lot of research that was put uh, with, uh, within this industry. So Accelerate is another book that uh, I can definitely recommend for. Thank you so much for those recommendations. I will share the links in the notes of this episode. So it's easier for the audience to get to the, to the books. And is there something else you would like to invite our, our audience, audience to, to do or access your, your blog, articles, talks, uh, reach out in social media? Um, so few things. Uh, a, I hope I'm going to see you later uh, uh, in this, uh, um, later this month at Star East. So if uh, any of you uh, that are listening uh, wants to see us face-to-face -face at Star East in Orlando, come. There is also a virtual program. So if you want to hear me speak, Federico and uh, the entire, you know, great speakers that are in the program, Star East is coming and uh, definitely recommend. Uh, I have my own personal blog on medium.com uh, that you can find uh, on Google. And I have my own blog site, continuestesting.dev. If you want to follow it, when I'm writing blogs, you obviously get notified. And lastly, if you care about things that I've mentioned during this discussion, talking about functional and non-functional testing for mobile applications and web applications, go to perfecto.io. If you care about API testing, performance testing, go to blazemeter.com and uh, you know get some free experience, free trial experience, see if it helps solve some of the challenges that uh, you, know, you, Federico, asked me about. So uh, these would be my recommendations. Amazing. There is also a webinar coming in the next few weeks that we are going to be also talking about performance uh, challenges, right? Yes, yes, totally. Uh, and I, I hope we can put uh, a link for this webinar also in the invite. It's definitely going to be uh, an exciting one. I'm looking forward to see it and be part of it. Yeah, of course. Eran, thank you so much for your time, for your knowledge. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure to have you here. It, it was very fun uh, as well. So thank you so much. Thank you, Federico. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios amigos.